up, Samsung. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I am so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. We're talking about the complexion connection. Are you being judged by the color of your skin? I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about this topic on social media. Use the hashtag undercover racism. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers and at Street underscore soldiers. And if you want to see behind the scenes pics of the show in real time as it's happening, follow me right now on Instagram. It's Lisa Evers Live. Now we're all familiar, especially this time of the year where we've been hearing it and seeing it even more than we do at other times of the year. Dr. King's dream that one day people will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. To be sure, tremendous progress has been made in civil rights, legally in terms of legislation, also in terms of progress, equal rights, equal access. But some people feel, many actually, that there's an undercover racism at work in certain attitudes and negative stereotypes that just won't go away. We saw the whole episode with the shop and frisk um, allegations where people with darker complexions were followed in stores where they were assumed to be criminals, even though they had plenty of money to buy um, their, their purchases. That type of disrespect and that type of disrespect that people go through with darker complexions on a daily basis. Just this week, actor Michael B. Jordan, you might remember him. He's the guy that um, was the teen drug dealer with the heart of gold on the wire, the one that was taking care of the little kids. He landed one of Hollywood's most coveted and competitive Leading man roles beating out a lot of other actors as Johnny Storm, the Human Torch superhero in the Fantastic Four movie. Now, in the comic book, the Torch is a white man and has a white sister. And some fans started blogging their disapproval. They said this wasn't right. This wasn't true to the character. And Michael B. Jordan kind of played it all off in the... In a really cool way, basically saying, listen, wait till you see what I'm going to do with the torch. I'm taking it to the next level, basically turning it up. So there's that kind of attitude. Then we see in music videos, and this was one of the reasons that we wanted to really focus in this episode on the entertainment industry um, and how this episode, how this issue plays out in the entertainment industry was in music videos because people watching music videos will say okay even if an an artist seemed to be having especially the women going for more more women with lighter complexions in the music videos instead of women of their own complexion or women of a, a wide variety we saw uh, Vogue magazine the new issue talking about the new global beauty diversity on the runway it's 2014 I mean was that something that they just discussed So we're asking you the question, do you feel that there is still undercover racism at play? Have you had incidents in your life where you feel you've been disrespected? And also, how have you dealt with them? Give us a call, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. You can tweet us your comments also, um, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers, the hashtag for today's show, Undercover Racism. And we got a great panel uh, for you to talk about this. I'm really excited to hear what they have to say. Joining us is video director. I know this is early on the, by the hip hop world. We're on the other side of the equator here with the uh, other side of the time zone. But Mozzie O, he's a top video director. He's worked with many hip hop artists, 
including Raekwon, Jadakiss, actually the whole Locks crew, Estelle, Maino, Lil C's, Bodega Bams, and many others. Too many for me to mention, Maz. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. We, good morning. We, we appreciate you being here. We really do. Um, also with us is Deandra Dakers, a.k.a. Empress Ivory. You've seen her beautiful face. Uh, in videos, magazines, she's done videos with Mr. Vegas, Sean Paul, Fat Man Scoop. Um, Deandra, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Edmund. You got to help me with your last name, Edmund. Ajapong. Ajapong. Oh, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> um, Edmund is a science educator. He's from the Bronx. Right now, he's a graduate student at Columbia University. He is one of these educators who believes hip hop can actually be used to help reach our youth and our children and teach them. And he's also going to talk with us about subtle racism that he's experienced. Evan, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Jackie Quinones. She's an actress. Actor is what you say now, right? <laughs> Hollywood film and um, in Hollywood. She's on film, TV, all over the place. Jackie, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And on the phone we have um, Yaba Blay. She's the co-director of Africana Studies at Drexel University. She's the author of a book you can find on Amazon.com. It's called One Drop Shifting the Lens on Race. And Yaba, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Sure, thank you. Okay, Maz, I want to start with you on this. Okay. Break it down for us with the, the whole video shoot thing. Because some people are saying, you know what, the, the women, the models with darker complexions don't stand a chance, with the exception of the Kendrick Lamar video. <laughs> That's true. Um, I believe it, it. A lot of times, it, it it deals with the perception of the artists of something that I think is um, it's more mental than physical. Um, I believe that they they have a perception of what success looks like, and success may look like um, a Mercedes Benz, a, a big chain, and also a light skin uh, woman in the video. So. I think it's just their their perception that makes them think that that's what they're supposed to have. But do you ever make suggestions when there's casting going on and you say, "Look, there, here's this here's this woman. This is who I think we should have, and she has a darker complexion." What happens then? Yeah, actually, I work with a number of different types of models, skin colors, um, ethnic backgrounds, and I do try to um, recommend certain women, the ones that I that I work with a lot. But I've had clients tell me, "Listen, I don't want any dark skinned women in my video." So. When they do that, I just have to go with the flow. Straight up like that. DeAndre Dakers, when you hear that, what do you think about that? I feel like it's disgusting. Like, I've been to video shoots where they've really, like, lined us up. And they'll, like, just pick, okay, you, you, you. And I'll see a whole bunch of beautiful models, just all different skin tones. And I look, and I'm like, he chose all the light-skinned ones. And do they arrange them by, by complexion like, color? They didn't arrange them. They'll say, like, everyone just stand up. And then the actual artists will just choose and then move the other one to the side. And I'm like thinking, okay, maybe he'll put them in a different part of the video. And then they're just staying there the whole video. And what do you, well, you, you have a light complexion. What do you think about that? I think it's not, you know, it's just disgusting. Like I've, I'm a mixed child. So I've been through like both sides. But my father's side, people think I'm too light to be his daughter. With my mom's side, I'm too dark to be her daughter. So it's like when I see that, I'm just like, why can't we just just be chosen for our talents and for our beauty instead of just, okay, she's light. She has red hair, too. She's distinct. All right, we'll choose her. And then there's models who could have a longer um, history in the game than me, and they're just pushed to the side because of their skin tone. Yeah, but Blay, when you hear this, what do you think about that? 
Well, you know, I've often heard this argument. Um, oftentimes we tend to focus specifically on individuals and say, well, this is the artist's choice or his perception or really what he wants, but it really speaks to the entire society's choice and perceptions and, and what we have been trained in a particular way to see as beauty. Dark skin has not been equated with beauty, and, and that's how it works within the context of a racist society or a society which most of our value is determined based upon our race. And how do we recognize race? We tend to recognize race based upon skin color. And so historically what we've seen is more value placed on people of color who have a lighter complexion, um, and it really has to do with the kind of hierarchy that colorism puts into place whereby our value is judged upon our proximity to whiteness. And so the lighter you are, the more keen you are to white standards and white characteristics, and therefore more value is placed upon your body. And for women, that value tends to be uh, manifest in this construct called beauty. 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Hashtag undercover racism at street underscore soldiers at Lisa Evers. Yeah, but, but some people might be surprised that it's even when it's artists with a darker complexion themselves, they're still going picking the lighter skin models. Yeah, but, you know, as the brother just said, it's their perception of what is seen as successful. Right. And so it's interesting because we often have this conversation that was this meme going around social media probably a year or two ago where it was like this slide and it showed Lil Wayne and Kevin Hart and Kanye, all dark skinned brothers who were, you know, talking trash about dark skinned women. And, you know, people are like, oh, that's a shame. And I'm like, yeah, but look at them. And so what does that really communicate to us? There's something um, self-reflective about that, if that makes sense, you know. And so for a lot of brothers, I've heard brothers say stuff like, well, you know, I don't want my children to come out dark-skinned. And what that really speaks to is they don't want their children to have the experience perhaps that they had. Um, so it has a lot to do with the perceptions of what value is. And again, if I'm, a, if I'm already a dark-skinned brother and people judge me a particular way, let me have a light-skinned woman on my arm as a way to up my value. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Edmund Ajapong, what do you think about that? Um, I agree. You know, when we think about our country's history, I think this stems from slavery, right? I, I truly believe that the effects of slavery remain present today. So if you think about this, if you think about this in the context of slavery, the lighter-skinned women are always more desirable to their masters than the darker-skinned women, right? The lighter-skinned women would be um, house slaves. They would also often have the opportunity or the chance to learn how to read and write. So I think it stems from like, like what the what professor was saying. What the professor was saying, exactly, that it's, it's what our society sees as more valuable. And that's unfortunate. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Um, Jackie Quinones, but the Latino society, there's also an it's, element of this as well. It's completely different. It's actually the complete opposite, especially in the film business. Um, what we have to contend with is actually, um, if we're lighter skinned, we're asked to be more Mexican, which, what does that even mean? Generally, they're looking for more indigenous, darker skinned, Native American sort of looking Latins and not realizing that Latins encompass both Caucasian, black, um, every single different color you can think of. So I was actually having a conversation with a very good friend of mine the other day who is a Caucasian Latino in Hollywood, just landed his first major leading role in a really big film and walked out of an audition because they asked him to be more Mexican, straight up, just like that. Can, can you play it more Mexican? Now, mind you, he's playing 
or auditioning rather to play a role for a Latino an character. English an English speaking Latino character. How do you play more Mexican? I mean that just does it doesn't exist. Um, and I think it's important to to note as well that the puppeteers that are pulling the strings behind the scenes are generally out of touch older Caucasian males who are afraid to plunge headfirst into the the 21st century. They have no idea what the general public is now looking for. And how diverse it is. Absolutely. They they just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, well, they get get the numbers. But the stereotypes, you're saying these these racial stereotypes are still being enforced. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, think like like you mentioned, it's it's difficult um, when you live in a society whose history of racism is so deeply embedded in its culture, it's difficult to to sort of pull away from that um, when you're being raised with it everywhere, you know? 1-800-223-9797. Professor Yababla, the legislation can be done, but there, we still see cases like Jordan Davis, Trayvon Martin. We, we see cases like that where it looks like they're being judged based on the color of their skin or the music that they're listening to in the Jordan Davis case. What can actually be done about that? You know, it's hard. People often, you know, jump to the space of, well, how do we fix this? And I think there's there's so many things that have to be um, fixed in a particular way. And as the sister just mentioned, like, how do we just all of a sudden get to the space where people say we're post-racial, that we've jumped over race, where race and racism is at the, not just that it's embedded, it is at the core and the foundation of this country. You know, this is what this country was built off of. So, yes, in 2014, we're still going to have cases where stereotypical projections about black people are going to impact our ability to survive, right? And so that if we've got a history that says black men do this and black men do that, when you see a black man on the street, you're automatically confronted with all of your fears, you know? And so it's hard to say what can be done because on the one thing, yeah, we can put things on the books, right? But on the other hand, it's like, how do you enforce those things? By the time you enforce it, someone's already dead. What about so the... Really, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, it's one thing to deal about, like, the legality and the law, um, but how do you deal with people's perceptions? Well, also, and, and then also, how do you deal with the, with the psychological and what has to be a tremendous emotional toll if you have a darker complexion and you're a woman and you can't get ahead in your career, or you're a right. man and you go into a store and you're followed, or women, dark-skinned women are followed in stores, too, where, right. you know, being treated to that or being exposed to that kind of humiliation, you know, on a regular basis, how do you deal with that? Right, and that's why it's important for us to continue to have this conversation. Oftentimes people, you know, they say that they're exhausted. Why are we still talking about this? Well, colorism is bigger than, you know, who gets picked in a a music video. Colorism also impacts who survives, right? Um, Colorism impacts all of our life chances. There was a recent report that came out and said that brothers with darker skin have shorter life expectancies than brothers with lighter skin. Like, it's real, you know? And so we have to look at it, I think, from a more um, institutionalized and systemic perspective than just our kind of individual choices and preference. Because, like, what I always say is that there's a fine line between preference and pathology. So it's bigger than just what we, you know, we we prefer. And you don't buy this whole theory, this uh, kind of prevailing idea that's that's been been out there for a while that we're in a post-racial society? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> no, we're not. A friend of mine actually, um, when applying for jobs, his name is Jamal. He uses his middle name, Gary, because he doesn't get responses when he uses the name <laughs> when Jamal. When he uses Jamal and then yeah. they don't, <laughs> yeah, they're, making, they're making assumptions on it. 1-800-223-9797. Have you been, uh, do you feel that you've been treated differently because of the color of your skin? And what will it take for us to actually fully fulfill Dr. King's dream where people are judged by who they are, what kind of person they are? and not by what skin color they happen to have been born with. Let me know what you think I want to hear. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Edmund, what have things had? I mean, you're at Columbia University, obviously very intelligent, very successful academic career, and we commend you for that coming from the Bronx. And But what have you experienced? Thank you. Well, um, I can talk about my experience at my undergraduate university. I went to SUNY Plattsburgh, upstate New York, about an hour away from Montreal, south of Montreal. And although there wasn't much racism on campus, the community, the city of Plattsburgh um, lacks racial diversity. Um, so when I would go out off campus, go to the mall, I would get these you know, subtle looks, these glares, these stares that you know, the, the people from the mall that would give me, you know, normally white people. So um, it was really shocking for me as a freshman in college, coming from New York City, where I think, I think everybody looks at me the same from my neighborhood, right? We're all the same. And it was it was very shocking to me. So I I got to a point where I was just I was kind of upset, frustrated, and just fed up. So whenever I got a glare or a stay, I'll just smile, you know. So I guess I made the conscious decision to to smile when I got a glare or a stare, so I, I can try to change the perspective of black males um, to the people who are looking at me. And did you feel more empowered doing that too? Like not like you were be? Did that help you? You know, feel better? It did help me feel better. You know, I don't think. You know, I don't. I don't think I did it in a, in a negative manner. Um, it. Now that I think about it, it. I. I think I'm helping the perception. The, the perception of black males, especially in that community, because there are not many black males. You know, so the people look at me from what they see in the media, what they see on TV, what they see in music. But not every black male is the same, and we can't stereotype everybody. Right. I think part of the issue too is that we all speaking today here come from a very sort of urban um, background, whereas a lot of America is extremely rural and Caucasian and not exposed to what we are exposed to, which is a cop-out, absolutely, but I think their, uh, their judgments stem from fear, which stems from ignorance, which stems from misinformation, which boils down to the media. Um, and unfortunately, it's just such a huge, huge issue within the media. And the media is such a such an enormous machine with so many moving parts that we, there, there's really no way to change it overnight. It starts at home and it starts with education from when you're a child. Really. And, and you're bringing up the media and you're bringing up the issue of, of stereotypes. 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers at Lisa Evers at Street underscore Soldiers. Hashtag undercover racism. Do you think the media in general, everything from music videos to news programs to TV shows to these special shows, do you think that they prom- promote uh, racist stereotypes? Let us know what you think. 1-800-223-9797. Hit me up on Twitter at Lisa Evers at Street underscore Soldiers hashtag Undercover Racism. Maz, when the uh, when the music videos get made, where does the concept come? Because there are people who criticize rappers. They criticize the artists for promoting a stereotype type of of black of black manhood. Right, I, I, a negative I, stereotype. 
Right. Uh, a lot of it, uh, at least when it comes to the concepts, um, it, it's a it's a back and forth. Um, I generally, with the artists that I work with, they'll send me a song and I'll listen to it and I'll you know give them an idea, I'll come up with a treatment, me and my team, and we send it over to them. And then I I typically work with people that I have worked with before, so um, people who models, um, actors, and I'll try to use them again in a in a future video. Um, but if the artist doesn't want that look and like i've said i said earlier uh some certain artists they just want this they don't want um something that i may have to provide them so they may not want dreads in their video they may not want a dark-skinned woman in their video they don't want a slim woman in their video there's certain things that they just don't want in their video and i think it goes back again to the perception that uh you know when, once once you become successful or once you're trying to project that image of success you you see the, I guess you would say, the white woman as something that was unattainable. So if you can't get that, then you can get something close to it. Um, so on, on this end, you have the dark-skinned woman, and on this end, you have um, the white woman or the light-skinned woman. So you try to get what you can get that's closest to it, that resembles it, because it's a, it's a symbol of reaching a, a higher level of success and being able to get things that are unattainable. So. And Bruce Ivory, uh, Deandra... Deandra <laughs> Dakers, I'll get it right. Um, have you had experiences being biracial? That that oh yeah, all the time. Um, it can start from when I was little. I would walk around with my mom, and they'd be like, "Oh, you adopted, or she's your foster child." And I'm like, "She's like, no, this is my child. She came out of me." Other places, my whole life, people assume I'm Spanish and just run up to me and just start talking Spanish. And I'm like, "Did I get this <laughs> gig because you thought I was Spanish, and now you're let down, or what?" All my life, no, even at work. Customers run up to me, hey, and just start talking Spanish. I'm like, ah, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's been like my whole life. I went to a school, a magnet school. I put down, I was biracial. The principal called me down and wanted me to check off Spanish because I look Spanish. The principal That's told the you principal that. Crazy. To help his, whatever it was, to make sure the count was right with how many whites and blacks and Spanish he had in there. They just wanted to put uh, yeah, you Yeah, I told they... my mom that there was a whole fiasco that's insane oh, yeah I'm like you want me to check off I was like but I'm not Spanish he was like but you look it I'm like but I'm not Spanish <laughs> and ever since I was just little I, that that still happens and it'll probably happen for the rest of my life oh wow alright let's take some phone calls we got a lot of callers here um, let's go to da- Damon right now from Long Island Damon hi you're on Hot 97 go right ahead how you doing alright how are you uh, my question is to Mazio, Um and I actually learned this from him when you're actually looking at something you're, you're visioning what it's going to be or what it's going to look like. You're visioning the best look as a director because you have the look and you, you have the experience to know what something should look like. Do you think it's a better look for light-skinned women to be in most videos, or do you think it's a more better look for dark-skinned women? All right, that's a, let's let's see what he has to say about that, Damon. Thank you so much for the call. Miles, what about that? And, and let me, you kind of address that, but also in terms of... Is, it, is there also a commercial, you know, is there also a commercial uh, goal here, too, uh, to widen unfo- the audience? Yes. Unfortunately, that is th- that that is something that has to be taken into consideration um, just because of the stereotypes that are set up. Uh, if you want to have something that has a cross um, a- appeal to cross over, then you want to have much more of a mix of races in it. You don't want it to just be all 
black. So sometimes that's a, a consideration. Also, the creative part of it is certain shots are just easier to to come off just technically from the camera, the lighting. If I have, uh, say, a, a full white background, I would like to use a darker skin to contrast against it or vice versa. If I have a dark background, sometimes the creative aspect um, calls for me to probably use a lighter skin person. But overall, you you just have so much that you have to um, think about. So, But most of the time, it's the artists that just want to use something that they believe is going to look like um, they finally made it. So usually the artist has the call, makes y- the yes, call. Yes, with the people that are involved, yes, they, they, they have the call. They have the call. They- see, this, this, this is the question that I always have, right? Because I hear a lot of artists talk about, well, if you want to have commercial appeal, you want to make money, and you want to be popular, you got to do X, Y, and Z. My question is always, how do you know? Have you tried something different? Because I'm waiting to see the evidence that shows that artists who have used dark-skinned women have not had commercial appeal. For most of us, we're waiting for you to do that. Like, look at all of the buzz that that came around Kendrick Lamar putting a dark-skinned model in his video. Right. You know, I think many of us are waiting for, you know, artists to stop operating in these boxes. It's become like a checklist now. What do I need in my video? And it, 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 it to me, shows a lack of creativity, if anything. I think, I think we're, we're, we're targeting the wrong race here. I think what needs to happen is not that... Um, African-American black artists or even Latin artists for that matter need to put darker people in their videos. I think Caucasians need to start putting some color in their videos. I think that's where it starts. Not with us. I think we've accepted the fact that we we enjoy all different color shapes and sizes, but what about them? The good, why, good point. why are we good singling point. ourselves well, out? We don't support their music, head, speaking. Yeah. <laughs> what do we watch? Exactly. The music, too. Interesting point. But let's look at the music. Let's see what's happening on Twitter. Our associate producer, Anjali Tyree, has been busy over there on the laptop. What's going on, Anjali? So we have many tweets using the hashtag undercover racism. One tweet comes from at Shawnee89, who says, as an actress, in general markets, directors usually look for more lighter, complected, ambiguous characters to cross over to many markets. Another tweet comes from at SimsFVF, who says, we are quick to call something racist, yet still buy whatever is being sold. They'll be changed when we change. And one last tweet comes from at Brooklyn Beauty 718, who says, the more money a black man makes, the lighter the woman he dates. All right, let's uh, let's go to the phones. 1-800-223-9797. I think it's G. We- is, is it G. Weezy or Gweezy? Hello? Yeah, is this G? No, it's, it's Geez, not G. Weezy. Oh, Geez, okay. Uh, All right, cool. we have a misspelled here. Sorry about that. You're from Brooklyn, and you got a little comment you want to make. Yeah, 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 I just want to say it's not just, I think a young lady pointed out before that, you know, there's racist people from uh, the Midwest and blah, blah, that bring this influence. But, I mean, there's racism everywhere. It's not just the people in the Midwest. It's just hard to prove covert racism that exists here amongst the Jews, amongst the Indians, amongst the Chinese who live right here in New York. So, I mean, it's not just these people that stereotype and always put as, you know, whatever. No, ab- I mean, it, abso- it, absolutely agreed. However, we we do know that it, it does predominate in rural you know, areas where they're not exposed to different races and they don't know any better. All right, well, let's go uh, Let's go to Buffalo, New York. People are listening to the live stream on Hot97.com of Street Soldiers, so you can text your friends right now and your family, too, out of state. Let's go to uh, Jim from Buffalo. Jim, hi, you're on Hot97. Go right ahead. How are you doing this morning? First of all, I want to say that uh, even though I might look like the typical white man, I, am an av- I have been in a minority situation. I was raised in a magnet school myself. I was one of 38 white kids that went to a school that was predominantly African-American. In no way, shape, or form do I have any hostility. I am also American Indian, which puts me in another bracket. 
what I wanted to say was, I think the racism is coming from people who are making these videos, the artists. They're the ones that are portraying the racism. It's not the groups of people. It's not the, it's not the white people. It's not the black people. It's not the Indian people. It's the people making the videos. They have the power to change this. If they want more beauty to be darker complexioned, they have the power to do that. I understand the technical ins and outs of it, but for the most part, they're the people with the power. They're the people that we're turning, tuning into. They're the people that we're listening to. They're the people that we're singing about when we're walking down the street listening to our headphones. But we... All right, J- Jamie, excellent, Jim, excellent point. Thank you very much. I think Maz was making that. Uh, 1-800-223-9797. Jackie, hold that thought. we got to take a short break here. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. 1-800-223-9797. What do you think about media stereotypes and race? Let us know. 1-800-223-9797. And this is Hot 97's Rick Ross in concert weekend. This is the official release concert. Concert for his new album, Mastermind, March 3rd at Best Buy Theater. Win your tickets all weekend long right here on Hot 97. Tickets on sale now. We'll be back right after this. The Hot 97 Morning Show. Yo, shout out to all the cats that got a white voice for at work because my corporate voice is mean. Yours isn't as great as you think. You still sound real black. And you're still yelling all the time. You have too much baritone. You have too much bass in your voice. How does it go? Uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming to the meeting today. I really, um... That's pretty good, actually. You see? <laughs> Shani, do you have a white Stop. voice? Uh, yeah, I was calling to find out about my insurance. Terrible. You're not getting it. <laughs> what we do you mean? Sh- we can still tell you're black. <laughs> the Hot 97 Morning Show. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. I'm trying. They say life is a compromise. You want one thing, you give up another. Compromise this, compromise that. Why, they even say, compromise lunch. You can have good for you, or you can have tasty. Pick one. At Boar's Head, we say, are you kidding? What tastes good doesn't have to be bad. Take Boar's Head Cracked Peppermill Smoked Turkey. This exceptional hand-trimmed turkey breast is expertly seasoned with cracked peppercorns and paprika, and then lightly smoked for a truly memorable flavor. And it's certified heart-healthy by the American Heart Association. There are lots of compromises you have to make. But when it comes to what you eat, at Boar's Head, we say, compromise elsewhere. Safety, safety, safety. I'm saying it three times. Studies show you need to hear something three times to remember it. So remember, safety, safety, safety is important to me, me, me. That's why I love Granger. Granger has the products to help keep our facilities safe and people safer. Say it with me, kid. Safety, safety, safety from Granger, Granger, Granger. When you think safety, think Granger. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner of his ransacked apartment, wondering what kind of nitwit steals a futon. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency had helped him with renter's insurance, and he got full replacement. Unfortunately, little Jack Horner had to have his stomach pumped when he ate a six-month-old Christmas pie. Visit geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Honey, this is your brain talking. I take one night off and you go and get yourself pregnant? Girl, what am I going to do with you? For starters, I'm calling the shots from now on. We are contacting Eastside Gynecology today. Eastside is a beautiful private office, not one of those impersonal, crowded mega clinics. 
so we'll be treated with the respect we deserve. Are you listening to me? I'm not playing. Call Eastside Gynecology now. At Eastside Gynecology, we've been providing high-quality, safe, compassionate care for over 20 years. We offer a full range of procedures, flexible payment options, and bill most insurance plans. Visit Eastside Gynecology at 144 East 44th Street, a half a block from Grand Central. We provide free round-trip bus or subway fare with every procedure. To schedule a free pregnancy test, go to eastsidegynecology.com or call 212-308-4988. That's 212-308-4988. I would love to graduate early, but I still want to enjoy my summer vacation. Go to Pace University. You can earn three or even six credits in just six weeks. And with over 600 courses, you'll find just what you need to graduate faster. Wow, do they offer classes online? Yep. Pace offers classes online and at their New York City and Westchester campuses. I'm sold. How do I sign up? Pace Summer Sessions begin May 27th. Apply now at pace.edu slash summer or text PACE to 67463. Pace University. Your summer, your pace. At Advance Auto Parts, saving big and getting your parts in a snap is your advance advantage. Right now, when you buy Moog steering and suspension products, you'll get up to 50 bucks back by mail-in rebate. Plus, when you order parts online, we'll have your order ready to pick up in-store within 30 minutes. 30 minutes or less? That's a dictionary definition of a snap. Only at Advance Auto Parts. Advance Auto Parts. Mail-in rebate void where prohibited. See store for details. When you do your taxes with TurboTax Federal Free Edition, your federal return is free. And now, with TurboTax, you can use your federal refund to buy a gift card worth that much plus 5%. That means you get your refund plus new running shoes, or your refund plus binoculars, or your refund plus lots of things. Because it's your plus, your very own plus, to do whatever your tax-doing heart desires. Simple returns only. Offer details at TurboTax.com. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what you're capable of. Listen up, Spunk Flex, and I have a question for you. Do you understand how big Sansone Auto Mall is out here? The Tri-State Volume Dealer is 40 acres big, 10 major car brands big, 4,000 vehicles big, and with the addition of the new Sansone Kia, growing bigger than ever. Now you can get a Kia with the unrivaled selection and service you only get at Sansone. Plus, you get $5,000 off dealer posted price. Check them out. You'll see all the reasons Sansone has become the number one Kia dealer in New Jersey. Sansone Kia Route 1 in Woodbridge. SansoneAuto.com. Big, bold, and never undersold. Sleepy's President's Day sale is being held over with half off practically every mattress in the store. Get Beauty Rest Queen sets starting at just $3.99. Only at Sleepy's, the mattress professionals. Making the world a better place to sleep. Yo, what up, people? This is Common, and this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on hot nine seven the people baby the people baby thank you to common for that welcome back to street soldiers i'm lisa evers your host 1-800-223-9797 does the media all the me bless you that's deandra that's sorry (laughs) god bless you um (laughs) does the media promote negative stereotypes when it comes to race and ethnicity we want to know what you think about that 1-800-223-9797 we've seen many different examples on all sides of this issue but this week Michael B. Jordan the young actor from The Wire you remember him he was the teen drug dealer that always took care of the little kids there made sure they went to school and got fed and everything and then went out and did a little his hustle there he was cast as the torch in Fantastic Four a big Hollywood uh, movie remake of the Marvel Comics. He's a superhero. And uh, 
in the comic book, the character is white. He has a white sister. Some people are not happy about that, that are comic book addicts. Other people say this is huge progress because it's Hollywood saying, yes, we can have a legitimate black superhero. So we're wondering what you think. Do Does the media, what about hip-hop music? 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. We have Mazio with us. He's a top video director. He's worked with artists such as Raekwon, Jadakiss, Estelle, Mano, Lil C's, Bodega Bams, many others. We have Deandra Dakers, a.k.a. Empress Ivory. She's with us. You've seen her in a lot of videos with Mr. Vegas, Sean Paul, Fat Man Scoop. We also have with us Edmund Ajapong. He, I call him the science educator. He's a graduate student at Columbia University from the Soundview section of the Bronx. Evan, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Thank we you. appreciate it. Jackie Quinones. She's an actor, um, Hollywood film and TV. And what? Producer. Yeah. And producer in, the, in uh, Hollywood, doing all kinds of stuff over there. And on the phone, we have Derek Jackson. He's a lifestyle blogger. And Brandon Bryce, a columnist for Communities Digital News with the Washington Times. And uh, your tweets also, at Street Soldiers, at, at Street underscore Soldiers, at Lisa Evers, hashtag Undercover Racism. And let's go right now to, uh, let's go to Derek. Derek, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Now, in terms in terms of your blog, what if, what kind of topics have you been covering about complexion? Well, I like to I, I really like to keep it by uh, unbiased um, as far as complexion goes because I have a mixed audience. I have a black people, white people, and when it comes to racism, the topic is really touchy because you know a lot of non-racist white people don't want undue blame on them. But black women, um, dark skin and light skin, want a voice for them, and it works both ways. Light skin women don't like being demonized because they're light skin or being seen as less than you know African American as well. So I try to talk on all the topics that way. And then in terms of in terms of the attention that women get, we've been talking about music videos, we've been talking about um, the modeling industry. That light skin women have an advantage. Well, there's, there's always been an agenda to teach us what beauty is and associate beauty with fair skin. Um, all the way back to Nichelle Nichols, uh, she was she was the first black female um, in a TV role to, to you know start with an interracial kiss, and they boycotted that. You know, they boycotted Star Trek for that. So you know, it's, it's always been in the media to make sure we don't plant black women or dark skin and associate dark skin with something that's desirable. Um, uh, uh, intimately. All right, let's uh, bring in Brandon Bryce right now. Brandon, hi, you're on Hot 97 hey. again. Once again, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Hey, Lisa, how are you? All right, how are you? Very well, very well. So what is your take on this? I mean, we have the black superhero now. Well, let me let me be clear. I think that racism, especially when you talk about uh, the perplexion and the support of the light, bright, damn near white aspect of beauty definitely exists in America. Uh, but as it pertains to the human torch, I am a Marvel, a huge Marvel fan. And I think that I was kind of shocked myself because uh, when you look at Marvel comics, there are so many other African-American uh, superheroes that we still haven't seen. We still haven't seen Black Panther, which is an African uh, Marvel superhero. We still haven't seen Falcon and all these other other black superheroes, and so I, I thought it was interesting that Hollywood is trying to take a role that is exceptionally white, uh, just as white as, let's say, a Captain America, 
and actually put an African-American in the role. And I'm kind of curious how they're going to do it, not necessarily saying that it's a step up for race, but to say that, you know, I'm curious how the script goes, because that's totally uh, against what that particular audience is and, and what that particular script is. Um, and so I thought that was very interesting. But like I said, I'd like to see Marvel really beef up uh, some of their African and African-American superheroes, which we still have yet to see. So uh, all right, I thought go. it was very interesting. Interesting point. Let's go to Taylor from the Bronx right now. Taylor, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything that everyone uh, talks about. But I think your panel is a little one-sided. I think they should include the male um, black men. As well, what I mean by that, we have black that, men on the panel. No, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm on, I mean, not on the panel, but uh, you get the woman's perspective on the, the black male. Why, if a darker man would approach them, would they step up and say, you know, yes, no, no? My experience, I'm a darker male. I've approached women, have no problem approaching women, but they'll. They, I've been told, oh, you're too dark, you know. You, no, I don't I think that there are the same that. standards placed on men as women. Oh, well, he's saying he's regardless of race. He's saying he experienced it though. So you're you're saying that you're saying that you step to women, and that they prefer lighter skinned men. Exactly, and I'm talking my own sisters that I I've dealt with. So I have to humbly disagree on the light skin brother. I, I'm gonna. All right, let, let Brandon go ahead. Well, 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 first of all, I think chocolate is in. Part of, I, was, I was part of the I'll be sure. Uh, committee, and now you know it seems like chocolate is in, and so I would humbly disagree. I agree with you. That, 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 that's necessarily a preference because I know a lot of light skinned women who actually prefer chocolate. Yeah. Uh, but I think, but I think you see that more so in in my area in politics. You definitely see race being held standard because I've heard people, uh, both politicals and 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 political operatives, say that had Obama been dark, he would have never been president. And I think that's another factor to look at is, you know, those who tend to be in higher positions tend to be lighter skin and lighter complex. Edmund, you got to jump in on this. Um, that, that's a, a definitely that's interesting. That's a unique perspective. Um, but I think it's also a personal preference, you know, but also I, I definitely think it's personal, personal preference among any over anything. But. You know, like we said earlier, and we've been talking about this whole entire show. It's what the it's the media the media portrayal of people of color, light skinned people, dark skinned people, light skinned people are are seen as better. They're seen as they're more respected in the media, and you know they get more play. So sometimes maybe she's like, "Oh, I want some arm candy that's light skinned, so I can look like you know I should get more that like I'm more I should be more respected in my community or amongst my friends." Do you feel? Do you feel as as a, a young man with a dark complexion that you're stere- that people are surprised when you say, "Oh, I'm a graduate student at Columbia." That do you feel you're being stereotyped negatively um, at times? That's a challenging question. No, because I'm I'm really confident and I'm really proud of myself. So I always give everybody. Well, you the, should be. Yes, thank you. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt when I meet them. Um, I don't. I never jump at anybody saying, "You know, you're stereotyping me." I try to understand their perspective. I'm trying to learn about their experiences and see where they're coming from. But you know, in at, you know, in the academy and you know, at Columbia, you meet a lot of inexperienced people, 
most of the time, and I just try to do my best to, to help educate them. I think that's that's the most important thing that we can do, and that's these com- these conversations are important. And this is where it starts. And do you think this is the this is the next phase of you know we were talking about civil rights back in the day with mm-hmm. Dr. King and his dream that there was a, all the legislation that was changed, desegregation, all that. That this is kind of this is the next phase. This is another huge phase that has to happen. Definitely, this is definitely the next on a personal level, almost. Yeah, on a personal level, it has it has to hit the streets, and these conversations need to happen in everybody's in every house on every level in every community because even people of color we're not as educated on you know maybe hispanic people um, hispanics latino latino and latina cultures or vice versa asian you know or different cultures so we all have to just do our thing this is america we're in a melting pot we need to educate each other on our different yeah, cultures no think, absolutely i think we're not taking into account the fact that we are in the midst of a technological revolution and a lot of the the media consumption that is that's happening now especially with kids is that they're consuming opinion they're not consuming fact so a lot of these internet memes as a matter of fact the other day i saw an internet meme with um a bald white guy was the back of his shirt said let's keep the white in the white house or let's keep the white house white it was it was insanity and to have such an open forum where children can see things like this and and form their own opinions and then read other opinions thinking that it's fact it's scary but the other but the the other good thing is the whole digital revolution has allowed people to define themselves on their own terms i think and and present their own you know and put out what they are and and see more of the complexity of people as opposed to just one video image or one one picture what exactly the 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 social networks are allowing information to travel from this side of the world to the next side of the world and like you said a lot of um especially the youth are finding themselves so uh the the, the opinions another thing i wanted to say is that the the i did a um sweet 16 party and um it was all um young white kids right and they were singing Drake lyrics, and they were singing Little Wayne songs, and they, you know, they were some of them were using the N word, but there was no connection to it. It was like it was like they were removed from um, this perception of racism to me. That's how it, it, it appeared, and I think that the the younger the ch- children are now, it kind of removes them further away from that. Even one of the jurors on the uh, the Dunn case, the black juror. She was saying that it was not about race, even though most of us look at it and say, I think it is about race. But she was uh, 21, 24. Right. Like I that. thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. Right. Well, so- well Lisa, Lisa, I actually just want to comment on that because I literally just watched that 10 minutes ago. And I, I think that was I mean, that's a whole nother topic. But I think that was appalling when you look at the status and the double standard that I think we've seen in Florida. So for that person to say that that was not about race. Um, I think that 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 deserves its own show. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. But but Brandon, you've been around and you've been around many different circles, political circles, entertainment, right. or whatever. It, there's what I mean. That's this is one topic that makes makes people of all races very uncomfortable. That's why well, we're doing it. <laughs> when you talk about skin color, and I think one of the things that we can, one of the ways we can reference it is by looking at places like Brazil. Um, I've always said that even though racism and bigotry uh, still exist and will probably always exist, one of the deep hidden factors of skin color has always been classism. Uh, when you really get to the brunt of it, is that it? You know, why is it that around the world, around the country, around the U.S., most places where darker skinned people reside, 
tend to be poor districts. I think that says for something when you talk about the real brunt of the issue is, uh, you know, are we moving towards a class of society where the lights just happen to be doing much better than the darks? Um, and I think that that's a whole conversation to even get into. No, definitely. Let's see what's happening on Twitter with our associate producer, Angelique Tyree. Angelique? Yes, yeah, so Twitter is blowing up right now. I guess everyone's waking up using the hashtag <laughs> undercover racism. Um, one tweet comes from At The Merciful, who says, Our disease comes from hundreds of years of being taught that dark-skinned people are no good, untrustworthy, and ugly. Another tweet comes at from at Ty underscore Jers 87. It's gotten to the point where people just don't appreciate the skin they're in anymore because, because of what we see is beautiful. In Haiti, India, and even the U.S., you see people bleaching their skin and even tanning their skin to make them look more appealing. And one last tweet comes from at Paco Styles 44, who says, how are we going to blame the media when we can't even get along in our own community? Because it's not us versus them, it's us versus us. All right, thank you for those tweets. At Street underscore Soldiers, at Lisa Evers, hashtag Undercover Racism. The, um, DeAndra, in terms of your career, like looking looking at what you're doing with it as a video model, as a fashion model, do you where do you see this going? I mean, I hope it changes because it's not all just because I'm a lighter complexion. That doesn't mean it's all great on my end either because I could walk into a casting where there's darker complexion models and they're already thinking, oh, well, watch, watch her walk in and get the gig and then I'm getting the, the bad stare. And I don't want that. Like, I think we should all just be able to work together. So just because I'm a lighter complexion, I don't get treated like, you know, top of the line. We still have to compete and do stuff. I just hope it changes where we can just walk in and instead of just looking at the color of our skin, looks at what we've done, what we've been in, you know, let me see your portfolio. Right. But that's also <laughs> sort of what the mo- the modeling industry, too, is like sometimes they'll want this color hair, they'll want this, they'll want that. I mean, that also goes with that, that industry a little bit, too. Yeah. And it's social networks, too. Like people now, it's not how, how many videos you've been in, how many photographs you've taken it's how many followers you have now and it's like (laughs) how does that add up to your modeling that doesn't show anything because everybody's looking for promotion that's why and they want to they want to measure it a certain (laughs) way let's see if we can take a phone call here let's go to mark from uh from brooklyn hi mark you're on hot 97 how are you all right how are you good um my comment is just uh you know i'm 24 years old i'm from brooklyn um which is you know a heavily minority you know area and my girlfriend is Guyanese, so I'm in an interracial relationship as well. And I just, my comment is, I think that the war on racism needs to be on racism in general. I don't think it's necessarily Caucasian on black. I don't think it's black on Caucasian or Chinese or Mexican or whatever it may be. I think that the, the, we need to focus on the people that are promoting and, you know, conducting racism in general. I don't think it, it's, it should be focused on one culture. And because, you know, I mean, I'm living in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm called names. You know, I've been violently discriminated against. And, I, and you know, I just think. Because you're white. We need, well, yeah, because I'm white and because I have a guy and his girlfriend who right. happens to be of a very dark complexion. And I just think that in general, if we're going to win this war against racism and end it for good, it needs to be on racism in general. And we can't just focus on one culture you understand what i'm saying all right no that's a no that's a good point thank you thank you very much for the call we appreciate that i think that's that's really smart and it it reminds me of something that that lisa you brought up during the break which is um 
how do we feel about ourselves in the skin that we're in, in the in the race that we're in, in the nationality that we come come from, et cetera, et cetera? Um, it, it begs the question: How much of who we become is based on what we t- we're told we already are while we're growing up, or are we self defining, or doing Absolutely. what Edmund was doing when people were looking at him, staring at him for too long? He's, he's just smiles like, "Hey, I'm human too, guys." It's, you Absolutely. Know, Absolutely, I'm a student. How Have do, a nice day. Right. You know? yeah. right. Keep him moving. And how do we how do we prevent ourselves from falling into the stereotypes based on what people tell us we are from from childhood? Well, that's know? education. Okay. That's strength. That's uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. But Derek, what about that? I think the first thing we need to do is stop the downplay and division. I mean, if you look on social social media, you'll see so many jokes about team light skin and team dark skin and people making jokes. There are people even making jokes about Black History Month. We don't see it collectively as an issue, so it's going to be hard to really make p- progress. And I, I know you mentioned something earlier about, you know, do you think we're making progress? We can't confuse slower regression with progression. Because that's not that's not what it is. Um, collectively, we have to embrace our skin tones, as she said, and as the caller said, it's not a color, it's not a, a group of people. It is a thought, it is an ideal um, that one color is less than the other. And, and really, it's about the per. It's really it comes down to at the end of the day about the individual. Mm-hmm. And then, as long as those, to, and the extent to which those stereotypes are are holding you back, what do you see happening with the music industry? Well, I, I definitely I agree with DeAndre that I, I I would love to see things change. I would love to see um, it not be such a big uh, deal between the skin color and even the races. I, I wish we could, you know, not to quote um, <laughs> Rodney King, but I wish we could all just get along, you know, <laughs> uh, and move forward with this stuff. Um, I'm a part of part of this. I wanted to say is um, this is something that uh, me and my my people are uh, going to touch on because I'm working on a project as a documentary, and it 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 deals with females in hip hop, which is an industry dominated by males. So I wanted to touch on that as well. That's going to be something that we ask them about uh, the color of your skin. How does it affect your progress in the hip hop industry? You know. Um, uh, wow. I wonder now. This this might. I, I, Jackie, don't don't drop a bomb because we got like got like one minute left. <laughs> I know you're about to say something interesting. Everyone's going to start wanting to jump in. Right. I'm sorry to cut you Maybe off, I sweetie, won't but say it then because it's going to be yeah. no. Because we got we got like we got like less than less than less than a minute here. Maz, if people want to find out more about your work, what can they do? Where can they go? You can check me out, MazioVideo.com. There you go. All right, thank you so much for being with us, and and we stay in touch with us about the women in hip hop because that sounds like yes. a great show. for Sixteen us. bars. That's a documentary. We got to do that. All right, awesome. And DeAndra Dakers, a.k.a. Empress Ivory, thank you so much for being with us. If people want to follow you, where can they go? Thank you. You could follow me on Instagram or Twitter, at Empress Ivory. All right, thank you so much for You're being welcome. with us. We appreciate it. Edmund Ajapong, thank you very much for being with us. People want to follow you. What should they do? Um, you can follow me on both Instagram and Twitter as well at King Ajapong. That's K I N G A D J A P O N G. All right, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Jackie Quinones, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. People want more info. Where should they go? They can just go to JackieQuinones.com or follow me at Jacqueline40. All right, and uh, Derek Jackson, tell people about your blog where, where they can check you out. If you type in Derek Jackson, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, and Jackson with four letters, J-A-X-N, into Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, I'll come up. All right, great. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. And Brandon thank Bryce, you. a pleasure as always. If people want to, <laughs> thank you. If people want to follow uh, follow you or check out your columns, what should they do? 
WashingtonTimes.com or Brandon Bryce at WashingtonTimes.com. BrandonBryce.com, Facebook, and Twitter. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody for being with us. And um, earlier we heard from Professor Yaba Blay, and uh, her book is available on Amazon if you type in her name, Y-A-B-A, last name Blay, B-L-A-Y. It's called One Drop, Shifting the Lens on Race. I want to thank everybody for being with us. And also want to shout out everybody in Brooklyn this Thursday, February 27th, 6 p.m. at Boys and Girls High School on Fulton Street. Brooklyn is honoring its own for Black History Month. Minister Lamar Whitehead and Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Many, many people, including our own Funkmaster Flex, being honored. So big shout out to all of them. And also check me out on Fox 5 News at 5, 6, and 10. And follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And if you want to see those videos, I have to say thank you to all the people who participated in our anniversary of hip-hop, 40th anniversary of hip-hop, the founding Vanessa Satin, editor-in-chief, XXL Magazine, Hot 97's own Flex and Enough. Thanks to my sister Angie Martinez, Angie's Review for shouting it out, my Fox 5 crew, Elizabeth Soto, Jay uh, Ryback, Rosanna and Greg from Good Day New York, the whole Good Day team, Uncle Ralph, Naughty by Nature. So many people participated in that. So thank you very much. You can see the video of that show on LisaEvers.com, podcasts of Hot 97 shows, Lisa Evers. Dot com And this episode of Street Soldiers was brought to you by Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile is making it rain. Check out Hot97.com to see how Boost Mobile can put cash in your pocket. We thank them for sponsoring the show. My whole crew, executive producer, big thank you, Tone Capone. Associate producer, Angelique Tyree. Um, production assistants, Amber Ravenel. Production supervisor, Andrew Varis. Board op tech support, TJ. And I can't forget to thank thank uh, Tat Wizza, the one and only Tat, for helping us get our step up our website game. You know, getting it up there. So thanks a lot, Tap, for that. Check me out again, Fox 5 News, 6 and 10 tonight. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Yo, enough. You know that Hot 97 is throwing the hottest beach party in the Bahamas this spring. And it's all made hot by Millennium Honda. That's right, Rosenberg. Hot Night Bahamas is where it's at. Food, drinks, private parties, and club nights with Hot 97 and, of course, the Millennium Honda fam. Yup, Millennium Honda is hooking up a lucky winner with their very own trip. All you've got to do is text HONDA to 75759 and follow the instructions. You'll get an exclusive invite to the Millennium Honda Workshop on March 15th and we'll be there to give out the grand prize trip. Made hot by Millennium Honda. Lease a 2014 Accord Sport for $179 per month. See dealer for details. Opening the front door. 